Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Welcome to the LVR Podcast, everyone. Today, guys, one that I really, really like. I get asked over the years, and I got asked this a lot, how do you ask for referrals? How do you go about getting these referrals from the real estate agents, from different sources? And I think the thing for me that stays true was the fact that the more I got asked that question, the more I realized that I wasn't asking for referrals. I was educating for referrals. I found a button that I want to use on this podcast just to introduce Marissa today. Hey, Hey, Marissa. (laughs) Love it, Ruan. Oh, awesome. Love the sound effects. (laughs) And there's a few more, but I will keep them for some of the other podcasts. Bit of a surprise. That's it. No further ado, Marissa, your thoughts about asking for that referral versus educating for that referral. Love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think from my perspective, I look at referral partnerships the same way that I look at client partnerships. And for me, it's always about the long-term relationship rather than the quick transactional win. I guess, you know, from previous podcasts, people will know that I'm not really a fan of paying for referrals. And similarly, I'm not really a fan of just approaching a new referral partner and, and asking them for referrals before you actually know much about their business and they know about your business. So, I'm definitely a slow burn relationship type of person when it comes to how you sort of go about developing really good referral partnerships. And I think for me, it's probably more leaning towards the educating for referrals. So what I mean by that is investing the time to understand a potential referral partner's business, understand their values and see if those values align to yours. But it's also an opportunity for them to understand your business and really an opportunity for both of you to learn about how you can add value to each other's businesses. Let's be honest, developing good referral partnerships does take time. So Marissa, just on that note, if I can quickly just inject there, if you don't mind, is it fair to say then for you, it's almost like saying you've got to understand them before you seek to be understood in respect of your offer? Absolutely. I mean, if I'm going to be sending clients to someone or if they're going to be sending clients to me, I want to make sure that We actually have similar philosophies about customer experience. I want to make sure that they're going to care about my clients the way that I expect them to care about my clients. And I want to make sure that the people that they're sending to me, that we have the same customer service expectations on both ends and that we are really clear on what they're expecting and they're really clear on what we're expecting and that we share common values and ideals about customer experience. So just on that note, and just from something you said, and I think it's good for the audience just to share this with them, you mentioned at the end of the day, making sure that there's that um, collaboration, there's that um, same feel, so to speak, between you and your referral source. Is there a big thing for you at the early days about what you can get from them versus what you can give to them? Like if you think early days, we're not always taking ourselves back all the way to the front. Do you remember how at the yeah. start we it had yeah. to start somewhere? So do you know what I'm asking? I, I do know what you're asking. And I think that 
different relationships are different. You yeah. know, some of the relationships that you enter into is because you have a need for your clients and you need to find good people that can help them. Like let's say, for example, a conveyancer or a lawyer, yeah. depending on which state you're in. And your clients need to have access to good conveyances or lawyers so that they can facilitate the, uh, you know, purchase process yeah. without any hiccups. So some of the relationships are formed out of the need to make sure that our clients are well supported with the people that we refer them to as part of the process that we're offering them. But other relationships are really about making sure that there's mutual benefit for everybody. And I believe that every relationship should be a win-win for everybody. If you enter a relationship, whether it's a referral partner relationship or a client relationship or any relationship that's very one-sided, ultimately that relationship won't last. It will fail because if it's not a win-win for everybody, then it's very difficult for that relationship to survive. Yeah. Just point to note on that. I do still think it's a, you've got to give more than you get at the start. So there is a little bit of you've got to give it time and see where it will, how it will foster and how it will blossom in respect of that person at the start. It's almost like you've got to be honest with yourself that you may need more of them then they need of you at the start and, you know, what therefore you need to give maybe a little bit more so that they can understand your proposition. And then from there, if the things doesn't change, I'm with you that sometimes you've got to call it for what it is, but you still need yep. to give it the time just to see where can this end up because I think people rush sometimes, so to speak. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Ruan. I think that you shouldn't be looking to enter referral relationships with organisations or people that you don't believe that you can give them yeah. value. And that value needs to be more than just servicing their clients. So if you're looking for referral partnerships, it should be businesses or people that you trust, that you believe that you can actually give them value and you can help them and their business to grow so that, yeah, I definitely believe that it has to be, you know, you have to be willing to give as well. And I think for me over the years, if I've learned anything, it's you've got to impress. And two things that always, for me, has been very important is the two R's, relate and resonate. They've got to like you first and foremost. They've got to like who you are, mm. how you talk, because it's it's easy always for us to say, yeah, they need to understand my values. They need to. But the reality of it is if you want a referral partner, you've got to understand this too. And you need to make sure that you can mm. fall in with them. So for me, the early days as a younger broker, I think it was a bit more so for me, not about just building that relationship as much as I just try to impress them and impress them, one, with my knowledge, two, with different things I knew. I I can remember when I used to go at the early days with Medico. Medico was just a great conversation starter for me. You know, like there's these banks that will allow a a doctor to borrow up to 90% and not pay lenders mortgage insurance versus some other lenders, unfortunately, they will pay it. So it's important that you get me into that conversation so we can help the client save money. I can remember it like yesterday, one of the opportunities was an agent that was quite well equipped saying to me, well, you haven't mentioned this bank. I know this bank can do it too. And I just felt straight away that I didn't prove value in that moment. So it just really resonated with me that i got to learn that I need to be able to educate them. I need to give them more than they already know. And that education is what then make them go, what else do you know? What else do you think we should know? And then that becomes that resonate and relate where now they're listening to what I have to say and suddenly I'm more than just a relationship to them. I'm also a value add because they they do want to get a deal approved. We never, or, or at the end of the day, sell the house. We never can forget what it is that your referral source is trying to 
do through this um, engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you need to be adding value at every possibility. Just like with our clients, we need to be adding value at every touch point. One of the pieces of advice that I give to my new brokers when they're sort of starting out and wanting to build some referral partnerships is I encourage them to sort of write a list of multiple referral partners that they're interested in developing partnerships with. And let's say one category of those referral partners is real estate agent, for example. I'd encourage them to choose, you know, between 10 to 20 real estate agents. And I would encourage them to prioritize them in terms of which ones that they really, really, really want to invest in a lot. And which ones, you know, from say if they've got 20, from one to 20, what would their list be? And I encourage them to start working through the list backwards. Yeah. Because when you're first starting out and meeting referral partners, you'll soon find out what questions they're interested in, what they're interested in, what uh, value they're looking for. And you'll be able to build your confidence through the referral partnerships that you don't really feel are necessarily the top of your pick. There might be some golden nuggets in there for you. Who knows? Someone might surprise you. But I think just working your way through in terms of building your confidence and speaking to referral potential referral partners, working your way up to the ones that you really, really want to invest in because by the time you've gone through those 19 meetings, yeah. the one that you really, really want, you'll be really well-equipped to handle that meeting. You would have gone away, done your research. You'll know what questions they're going to ask. You'll know what they're interested in and you'll be able to add a huge amount of value from the first interaction. And it's it's funny, eh, because you think about a sales meeting, oh, I have to agree with you. You can go into an office and you can look at the top four sales agents and you can think, geez, I would love to have them refer to me. But so would everyone else because at mm, the end of the exactly. day, it's a numbers game. And I think over the years, I've become more inclined to look at the ones that are funny, that are well relatable to and that the other agents, you know, like to have around. Because that made sense to me. If I can get that person, that person is going to be a good conversation starter because everyone likes them. And that person, usually there's a certain level of positivity around that person. It's almost like a vibe. And it's a gravitation vibe. But they will introduce you to some of those bigger agents, but in a different way. Not because you're trying to say, I can do this. You have to appreciate a lot of these agents have seen it all. They've had so many different brokers speak to them, offer them this, offer them that. So the reality of it is how do you educate directly versus how do you educate indirectly? And a sales meeting for me is key. When you have that person that's maybe the the joker, but everyone still loves that person because he's in the trenches or she's in the trenches with them, that is a person that is a great person to become friends with uh, and business friends, I mean. But that person is fun to be around. And that makes the job so much easier too in respect of starting to build a referral source. So I think what we want and where we need to start is sometimes two very different things to get what we want. Absolutely. And I think in relation to the topic of educating your referrals, it's not only educating them to initially establish that relationship, but the reality is that some referral partners need to be educated on how to identify opportunities for referral and how to actually have that conversation with their clients for referral. And I I find from experience that accountants definitely fall into this category. You know, accountants actually have uh, really, really great clients that they could refer and they've got a high level of trust between themselves and their clients. Yeah. And generally their clients need our services as mortgage brokers, but accountants generally are not very good at referring, not because they don't want to, just because they don't actively look for the opportunities or actively know how to refer. So 
being able to go through that process with accountants or with, you know, with other referral partners and actually identifying what the opportunities are for their client base and how you, uh, how they can actually identify those opportunities to add value to their clients in their process and yeah. then filter them through to the mortgage broker is actually part of the education experience. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but accountants and uh, planners are sometimes think they think they know better. And therefore, that education is needed. You yes. know, they seem to think, well, I know you can just do this, this and this. And um, half the time, no, it's not the case. There's, we've got obligations. We've got compliance. We need to go follow this process. And again, you almost don't want the problem to occur before you give them the lesson. You mm-hmm. want them to get, get the reading to understand why you do what you do. So when it happens, it's almost that prevention is better than cure. Because unfortunately, I think in the early days of building a relationship, you're only as good as your last deal. And um, you, you've got to be true. true to yourself and you've got to be true to to the referral source to say, you know, if this is a deal that is compliantly well-balanced, I will go from pillar to post. Mm. If this is a deal that have risk written all over it, unfortunately, I'll be limited to my opportunity. I can remember one of the early sales I used to have with agents in the early days when I come into a new office was like, if you're going to get me involved second, third or fourth, the chances are I'm it makes it a lot harder for me to do the best I can do. Because unfortunately, if yeah. they've already gone and spoke to a bank, I can't influence what was already said. Mm. So if you really want to give me an opportunity to show you the value I can have to your client, get me in first and then judge me accordingly. Yeah. And look, I mean, that's a good point because let's be honest, the truth is that when you're first starting out with a relationship or referral partnership, they normally do give you the leftovers, <laughs> you know, and if their other broker hasn't been able to deliver, um, they'll send it through to you and see see if you can. And the thing about those is that generally they're very challenging because yeah. obviously there's already been one uh, bite at the cherry and it hasn't worked. So you're basically being left with the job of trying to make something out yeah. of it. But if you can make something out of it, if you can make that transaction work, if you can assist that client, uh, that's a real opportunity to wow them and to really build that trust and rapport yeah. really quickly. So there is an opportunity there. So I sort of think don't shy away from that opportunity, no. but you need to be prepared for some hard work and you need yeah. to be prepared to, I guess, you know, accept the uh, lower quality transactions where there may or may not be a deal initially yeah. to be able to get through to the higher quality stuff. And, and Marissa, this is segueing into another session. We'll be having a LVR podcast on this one, which is the four C's, one of the things in my broker journal in respect of that compliance, that control, that communication. And I would love for us to have a session on that for no other reason that what you were just saying is so true. But if you don't communicate and control that conversation in those moments, you are leaving yourself open because the deal is already harder. So Mm. use that opportunity to control the conversations, to communicate accordingly so that everyone is well aware where you're at, what comes next, and if it isn't something that you would call on it quick. Because one thing I found over the years from agents and you get feedback is just just dragged out. This was terrible. Mm. Where sometimes you know what you know and if this is not going to work, be honest with every party concerned and give them the news as the news stand because uh, by just dragging it out, you're not doing anyone favours. Yeah, communication definitely is the key to every good relationship, isn't it, Ruan? Yeah. And on that note, guys, one of the things we will constantly try and do is keep this to a time that you should go and walk every day, which is about 15 minutes apparently. 
Um, I, I love that we have these opportunities. And guys, I can't help myself. I've got to press this again for Marissa. Marissa, there you go. <laughs> Guys, we thank you for tuning into this one and many more to come. Be good and do your best for your clients. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.